0: Couch Guy Sports Podcast episode number one hundred and forty-three. Not a solo show this week, but still, no Jared, me, Nick Qualia. We got Al Nahigian, not Alan. We got Al Nahigian. and it's a, it's a it's gonna be a, an interesting show this week. I mean, a lot of a lot of sports podcasts are gonna have this problem this week with uh, obviously the big news happen on Sunday. Uh, The surprise death of, I mean, American sports legend, not even just NBA, American United States sports legend, Kobe Bryant. We're going to talk about it, but it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting episode where we got to talk about, usually we don't talk about things this serious, but this is something that you just, you can't avoid.
1: It's, it's a topic that's going to be talked about for the next several days, probably week, Obviously, love coming on any time with you, Quags. But this is just sort of a this is sort of a dark time right now. It's almost like yeah. a, a great cloud is sort of over everybody. A lot of people were affected by this, not just our generation, but the
0: younger and older generations too. I was surprised. Right. Yeah, we're we're going to talk about it more in depth uh, in the main part of the show. But let's uh, let's roll through the weekly dump quick. So this the weekly dump. Pew pew Us- pew.
1: Weekly dump. Pew. Sorry, it's just a sad
0: day. Pew. As I just said, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gigi, unfortunately passed away in a helicopter helicopter accident in Calabasas, California. Kobe and his 13-year-old daughter were on their way to a youth basketball game. There were nine victims in total, including former Cape Cod League manager, John Altabelli. If I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Altabelli?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's close enough. Altabelli, Altabelli. yeah. We'll,
0: we'll go with that. His wife and their daughter, amongst others, uh, obviously – you know, thoughts and prayers to the family. Not like, not like thoughts and prayers does anything. It's it's absolutely heartbreaking. I couldn't imagine going through what all these people are going through. Unbelievable tragedy. Again, we're going to talk about it more as we get into the show. The Pirates traded away Starling Marte on a different note to the Arizona Diamondbacks in exchange for two prospects and $250,000 in international signing bonus pool money. So it takes it takes away from uh, Mookie to the Diamondbacks potentially, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk yes. about that later on. So no, I was that's what I was going to mention right now. The this has a direct effect on the whole Mookie Betts saga going on right now because it died down, but obviously, and it's going to be a main part of the show. The Mookie Betts conversation is heating up again with the Padres and with the Dodgers too. The Dodgers aren't totally out of the mix, and Starling Marte was also on the trade block. We knew he was on the trade block. And it was it really, if you want to improve your outfield, it came down to Marte and it came down to Mookie Betts. If you're going to add anybody, Marte's off the books now. So not only does that single things down to really just Mookie Betts, that gives the Red Sox leverage. That gives the Red Sox good leverage. Talk about it more. According to Fox's Jay Glazer, the Los Angeles Chargers will be moving on from their longtime quarterback, Phillip Rivers. Rivers was the QB for the Chargers for the last 17 years, which is unreal. I mean, when I think, like, I mean, I'm only 25. When I think of the Chargers, I think Phillip Rivers. And you just think back to that team that honestly was supposed to beat the Patriots and, and, and <laughs> probably go to the Super Bowl that year with LaDainian Tomlinson and Phillip Rivers leading the way. That team was an absolute wagon. That but team was
1: unreal. Belichick.
0: You ran into Belichick, who knows how to shut you down, shut you down your, your, your strongest assets. Also, according to Jay Glazer, have a day, Jay. Saints head coach Sean Payton believes, I did not write that down, baby, that was off the top of the noggin. Swiss Army Knight Taysom Hill is ready to be their franchise quarterback once Drew Brees decides to retire, but if Brees <clears> does <throat> re- decide to come back next season, they will welcome him back with open arms. So, on, b- huh?
1: so b- before you go on, I actually wanted to mention one quick thing about that. So, I was listening to, I believe it was Felgren Maz today on my way to doing side jobs, and... One interesting thing they said is with Drew Brees. Drew Brees said that the only team he wants to play Side for jobs. is what? Side jobs.
0: Okay, all right. <laughs> Coaching jobs. Coaching sound jobs. Like, you you sound, like, sound like you're selling yourself on the street. Oh, no. No, I'm too ugly for that. You do? and I, <laughs> I do like
1: what it like. Anyways, Drew Brees said the only team he would play for is the Saints. So it's kind of going to be interesting to see – Obviously, the Chargers now oh, need a quarterback.
0: He's, he's his retirement, that was a report too. ladies. Uh, so, so
1: yeah, it's either the Saints or nothing. Now, if the Saint, if he had said he'd be open to other teams, then maybe, just maybe, that would have increased the Patriots' chances to land back Brady. But that's a future. That's a future conversation. That's something that I'm sure you guys will talk about next week. But it's just one quick thing I wanted to bring up. Taysom
0: Hill, too. I mean, he, we know he's that good. He's, he's unreal, but he's he's good at every position. That's why. For me, it's a little tough. Like, like if I'm Sean Payton, I do not want to move on from having Taysom Hill be able to play all these different positions. Because if you make Taysom Hill your franchise quarterback, like he says, then you're losing a stud on special teams. You're losing a, a weird dual threat receiver, a running back, a blocker. Because once yeah. you put Taysom Hill a quarterback, you're not going to use him for those things.
1: Yeah, you're losing a bunch of different schemes and trick plays that you can include him in, too. So it's like yeah, your offense almost takes like a step back in a sense.
0: Yeah. And I don't know why you would do that when you've got Teddy Bridgewater on the free agent market. Teddy Bridgewater deserves a starting job somewhere, and he's going to get a starting job somewhere. And if the Patriots lose out on Tom, I would like Teddy Bridgewater to come here. Teddy hey, Bridgewater Teddy. for the bridge years. That's all you need him for. Big Teddy Bridgewater fan. Joe Montana, when asked about Tom Brady and the possibility of him playing for someone else this year, he said, this is his advice to Tom. If you had any advice to Tom, Joe, what would you say? He said, quote, don't, if you don't have to. It's a process to go through, and it takes time to get used to the team. I was fortunate because Paul Hackett, offensive coordinator, was there running the offense, and so I was pretty familiar with probably three-quarters of the offense going in. And if they let Brady have his own offense, yeah, that makes, a little bit, that makes it a little bit easier. But still, the transition of moving, I just can't see how they would let him leave there myself. Joe Montana, Joe Montana smartest guy in the world right now. Not an advocate of Brady moving on. And we've talked about this on the show, too. And I, I don't know your thoughts. If you're Bill Belichick, what, what Bill Belichick's thing, his entire career, has been, I'm going to do what's best for my football team. And whether or not you got to pay Tom Brady a little bit more, sacrifice the cap a little bit. What is going to win you football games right now is Tom Brady as a quarterback. Agreed. You're not going to win. I mean, I don't know what Jared Stidham looks like. Maybe he's a stud. But if you are going to win right now, you got to get receivers and you got to get Tom Brady back as quarterback next season. And and midway through the year, I thought Tom Brady was done. But (laughs) as you look more towards the end of the season, I don't think it was on him. I think if he had better targets, I think it would have been fine. He took a step back. I'm not a fucking idiot. He took a step back, but he can still play. And if you've so, got receivers around him, you get Thaddeus Moss in the first round this year, yeah. you give him <laughs> targets, you're going to win games. So, so I'll say this. I think that Brady, because
1: I was, and I remember I came on the show and we were discussing this. We both thought that Brady was pretty much done. We thought he had almost nothing left. Oh, he's yeah. got a little, yeah, he did. He's got a little something left. And you know what? When you when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback like Joe Montana telling you stay, he he personally went through it going from San Francisco to freaking Kansas City, so and he learned from it. So it's like it, there's one other thing that I want to bring up with that too. If you went to the Chargers, let's just say right, you're playing in the AFC West, you have to face the Chiefs twice a year, you have to face the Raiders twice a year, and you have to face why can't I think of the third team off the top of my head. AFC West. Who's, who's the other what team? Did you
0: say? I wasn't listening.
1: Jesus. <laughs> the, the Chargers. The, chi- ch- the, the Chargers, Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders,
0: definitely.
1: and then well, Las
0: Vegas. Las Vegas, actually. yeah.
1: And then who's the fourth team? Oh, Denver. You got to play Denver, too. And Denver's not easy to play in. So it's like, would you rather play in a tough he, AFC he hasn't West? Played well there. Exactly. Would you rather play a, in a tough AFC West or a somewhat softer AFC East? I,
0: yeah, I know the bills are up and coming, but. <laughs> somewhat softer. It's, it's, I know everybody gets, I know everybody gets pissed at Dan Johnnessy. It's, it's a tomato can division. It always has been. It, me, it's very, been better. Okay. I I was, I was being very, very generous. So I'm going
1: to say it's soft as baby shit. It's so soft. That's basically five, six wins that you can get. And then you got to win like four or five more of your right of your other games to be in a playoff spot. Yeah. Well, I don't know why he do it that way, but I'm, I'm not getting into it. It's just,
0: uh, all right. And last News. That I want to talk about here in the Weekly Dump. And I'm not going to go off the script here. Sunday had the Royal Rumble. I'm not a WWE guy anymore. I used to be. I went to Survivor Series when it was at the Garden. I think in 2011 maybe. 2010. Whatever year it was. Maybe 2009. Regardless. Whatever year it was. I used to love the WWE. Fell out of it. As I got older. I was like this is boring as fuck. And the the storylines are so predictable. But Sunday's Royal Rumble. Brought back wild memories. And I saw this clip. I didn't buy it. I didn't watch it. But I saw the clip on Twitter. Royal Rumble this Sunday Entrant number 21. Al, did you ever watch WWE?
1: I was not a WWE guy. I have a lot of friends and former friends that are WWE people. So I used to hear it all the time.
0: They count down. They get to number 21. The start of the music. Edge makes his return first time since 2011 edge back in the wwe i don't know if it's a permanent thing i don't know if it was just last night but just the electricity that he brought and again i don't even watch this stuff anymore i haven't watched wwe in probably eight nine years but like 13 year old nick when i saw that clip this morning i was like let's fucking go
1: (laughs) i saw that tweet i I saw you put that tweet out that was funny
0: it was i I chuckled at that it was incredible and that was and it was like the same feeling I had when the Hardy Boys made their return. I saw that video. Was it Was at WrestleMania two years ago when the Hardy Boys came back? Jeff and Matt Hardy. That, those were the times, the mid-2000s. Those times were electric in the WWE. It's not the same anymore. That's it. That's the weekly dump. Guys, before we go on. Pew, pew. This show brought to you by partially Seated. Seated is a fast-growing mobile app that allows restaurant goers to earn rewards and gift cards simply for making reservations through the app. Seated is currently available in the following cities New York, Boston, Chicago, Philly, Atlanta, and it is soon coming to San Francisco, LA, DC, Houston, Miami, Austin, Denver, Providence, and Seattle. Providence is an important one if you're around here, around Massachusetts, because it's not that far of a ride down to Providence. I'm in Providence all the time. And this means more and more opportunities, guys, for you to save and for you to get bonuses and rewards just for reserving a table. Click the link in the description below in iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, YouTube, however you're listening to the podcast right now. Sign up and book your table in some of the hottest restaurants in Boston and soon Providence, helping not only us, but you guys, by getting rewarded for just reserving a table. Again, that is a seated app. Hit the link in our description below. All right, so first, the 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 news that i don't think i've ever i've seen news absolutely rock social media the way that this did i don't think i've seen news that absolutely rocked the media in general the way that this did so former former co-host of the show lauren famous for the show on the on La- the lauren's dm segment which is <laughs> sorely missed. was a big fan of that segment not gonna lie it was it was one of the best segments going on in podcasting because the, the the DMs, the gross-ass DMs, some of these guys. Oh, my gosh. The teeth.
1: Lauren told some of the best stories on my podcast. Yeah. She told us a couple great stories when she was on with us. It was awesome. so Nothing but
0: good things to say about Lauren. So she texted me. I was on my way into the Lowe's in Weymouth. And the reason I'm saying the the exact location is, and I heard Mike Felger say this today at 98.5. Kobe's death is one of those things that you're going to remember where you were when you heard it, just because it was so shocking. I'm walking into the Lowe's. I'm going to buy some new light bulbs for my, for my, for my room. And as I walk in, I feel my phone vibrate and my, my Apple watch vibrate, look down and I see just, yo. And then I took out my phone to read the rest of the message. And it said, actually, let me, let me get the, a verbatim text message. Oh, so are we are we
1: doing story time with how we
0: found out Kobe died? No, no, we don't have no no no. This is just so she get she texted me, yo, 239 p.m. TMZ is reporting Kobe is dead. And I just said, What the fuck? Send me the article. Twitter isn't working. Because I went on Twitter and I I, I would assume so many people were going on Twitter that it crashed. Because if you go to the moments section you couldn't see anything. It said nothing to see here that Twitter thing. And it was just one of those moments that I didn't I didn't believe that he was dead because obviously there was there was nothing to lead you to believe that this was coming. Obviously it was it was a, a, a tragic accident doing something that he does probably every day. He's done mm-hmm. thousands of times getting in this helicopter and Kobe Bryant. You see in the news starting to break, TMZ reported it first, and we're going to talk about TMZ in a second. Kobe, along with his daughter, Gigi, which is also tough because Gigi was in the forefront of the media, too, and she was really becoming – I mean, I mean that, that the viral video of the past month has been Kobe explaining to Gigi, talking about basketball on the sidelines. Right. And, and it was just tough to see that not only was Kobe dead, but he had his daughter with him. In this tragic accident
1: and she wanted to play at Yukon too she had always expressed how she wanted to be a part of the Yukon women's basketball program. Kobe had the Yukon shirt and everything with him so it, it really is tragic
0: the entire situation and, and obviously we don't want to get away from everybody else who passed away but and, right. and that's that's something that's always irritated me because I know nine people were involved in this this death in this this situation but for us and for a lot of people, you're not gonna talk about those nine other people because you don't know who they are. You're not right. gonna feel like 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 me, for example, I felt and I've never felt this about an athlete dying before. I felt genuine, I had a pit in my stomach. Almost this like this almost the same pit I had when I heard then I got the news that David Ortiz was shot in the Dominican. Yeah. I had a yep. I had this sinking feeling in my stomach. And I just I didn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it. And it was one of those things where, you know, people were getting like really, really in their feelings on Twitter, which at times it was too much. At times you could see people are going for Twitter applause. But regardless, (laughs) not wrong, losing losing Kobe Bryant in that fashion was was devastating. And of course, he's got he's got his off court demons. He's got his off court issues that, again, people are bringing up and 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 I'm not going to be mad at people for bringing that part up because they are legitimate that's a legitimate issue that he had off the court and I'm obviously talking about the Colorado uh rape yep. charge but yep. I mean, for me, I'm not going to talk about that right now because just just he was an icon and and that doesn't excuse anything. I'm not saying that at all I'm not saying that no, 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 no. but and it's it's a it's a black eye. On his reputation obviously but just for for everything else he was such an icon in the in the nba community and he seemed again aside from that black mark he seemed like a genuinely good guy and maybe i mean he he, he probably changed i think that incident happened when he was 24 so he's changing again that doesn't that does not excuse what he selled in court for but just When you react to Kobe Bryant's death, you're not really thinking about that. You're not thinking about that problem that he had. You're thinking about the guy that you saw all over Twitter with an obvious strong bond with his daughter. With, yes. With helping out his community, with a desire to help out his community, with coaching girls basketball. Yep. With just being what looked like a good guy. So you're not going to think about that issue that he had. You're going to think about Kobe the nice guy because in such a, a, a tragic accident, your brain's not going to go, okay, well, this happened. Your brain's going to go, we just suddenly lost one of the biggest icons in American sports history just like that. I woke up and Sunday morning, Kobe Bryant was- Suddenly, out of He's nowhere. Dead
1: he's gone. So, so here's the thing that I'm going to say sort of about this whole situation. First off for your last point, he texted, like, I think he texted Shaq's son, like in that, during that morning, checking in on him or like, uh, messaged him on Instagram or something like, yo, you good. So that goes to show like just one minute you're alive next minute, all of a sudden, boom, you're gone from this world and Kobe's gone. It's, it's really weird. But like you said, quacks, it's sort of this feeling that, okay, yeah, he had the thing in Colorado. We understand. It's a very serious matter. We're not dismissing that or anything else. But it was Tony Maserati that said it today on Felger and Maz. You need to have empathy for the person and for the family. The person that I feel bad for the most out of all this, Vanessa Bryant. She lost her husband. She lost her daughter yeah. in the same in the same day with the same incident. No, you're right. You, stay, you that, have to like, for them the most. You have to because, like we said, Kobe on the court, he was an icon. He had that killer instinct. And they were saying, I think it was 95 again, that was saying that was the difference between it was, yeah, it was Jim Murray that said the difference between like Jordan and Kobe and like LeBron is Jordan and Kobe had that killer mentality where they were like, okay, it's winning time, it's time to, to get everything. Done that we need to to win this game, this championship, etc. Where LeBron, it might not be that case, but obviously, and think about this: Kobe was mentoring the younger guys. Jason Tatum was working out with him last summer, learning and evolving from Kobe and picking his brain and everything else. And now all of a sudden, you don't have that resource anymore.
0: But it's, no, and it's, he reached out too to Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward had, a yeah, run. he reached out, yeah, to Gordon, Gordon Hayward too. Snapped his leg. So it's it's.
1: It's still hard to comprehend. Like I'm still having trouble comprehending it, and I'm a Celtics fan, and I hated Kobe for years because Celtics Lakers rivalry, obviously, all the stuff with Kobe and being so good and everything else. And it's like,
0: yeah, but that now it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I saw no. I saw now people, it doesn't. Now it doesn't. Yeah. Now I it saw doesn't. people posting that kind of stuff, and even but Kobe's one of those guys. He's kind of like Alex Rodriguez to me. As soon as he retired, I had well, I had more respect for Kobe than I did Alex Rodriguez. But <laughs> I had respect for him, especially because A. Rod just seemed like he changed off the field uh, from from the guy on the field. He's oh like you really- don't you, you don't like guys slapping balls out of guys' gloves. You don't like that. No, I also don't like chronic steroid users. Um, <laughs> Not wrong. But but for Kobe, it was the the respect level was there because you hated him, but you loved to hate him when he was playing against your team, especially with the Celtics, because obviously the Celtics. Uh, Lakers rivalry was there in like the mid to late two thousands with KG, Paul Pierce, uh, Kobe Bryant. He had that, like you said, that killer instinct that I don't see anybody in the NBA with anymore. All he cared about was winning and the players in the NBA now, which irritates the hell out of me. They care about their brands. They're all buddy, buddy. And their Their image too. Yeah. Like they care about their image. They're all buddy, buddy. They're all friends. Kobe, the second thing you started playing, it doesn't, does, did not matter if, if it was, it wouldn't have mattered if it was his brother. He would have wanted to beat your ass into the ground. He was a, he was one of the best competitors that we've ever seen. And he left such a stamp. He left his mark on the NBA. And you could tell from yesterday because I don't think I've seen a reaction the way that Kobe, the, any death. And there have been some major deaths, even the Michael Jackson death. I don't think I've ever seen a reaction the way that people reacted with Kobe. And maybe it's because now there's social media, and social media has such a heavy influence. But hearing the news of Kobe, it, it stopped everything. It paused the world. And you could see all of these people crying. He, he affected so many people throughout the NBA now because you see like Tyson Chandler crying. I think it was Austin Rivers also crying before Meyer, the game. Stoudemire yeah. They, in Tim Duncan on the side of the game for the Spurs, crying. Everybody's doing these 24-second violations to start the game in honor of him. Doc Rivers can't even do his his media availability because he keeps breaking down in the middle of it. He had such an effect on people, and again, he's had his he's had his checkered past. But the Kobe that we know now, or we knew now, was just a guy who had an impact on everybody he met, and yep. You don't, obviously, obviously, you don't want any of his daughters to die, before I say this. That is not what I'm saying. But having Gigi be part of this, be the daughter who did die during this accident, makes everything so much harder. Like, any of his daughters, this would have been equally as tragic, but just from a social media perspective because Gigi again was the one who was in the forefront of, of the videos going around Twitter. Everybody knew their relationship was so strong that he coached her, that she was, she was an up and coming, probably WNBA superstar. She was definitely a college superstar. She, she played like Kobe. She she had that killer instinct like Kobe and we just social media knew her more than any of his other kids. So having her be the one who also passed away with him just made everything, that much tougher.
1: And, that and, much I, and I think it's the fact that Kobe was only 41. If this if this was like 20, 30 years down the line, it's like, okay, he was getting older, you know, but he had, yeah, a, but whole, a, he had a whole – had a helicopter crash? Like, I know, I know. But as like a whole – he had a whole second half ahead of him. And a lot of people were saying that he was going to make more of a difference as a mentor and a coach than he even did as a player, which I don't know if that's possible because of what he accomplished as a player. But – you know, it would have been cool to see him stick around for, you know, 10, 20 more years and keep mentoring these young kids. But, you know, it's yeah, just it, horrible, it, horrible.
0: Something else that just makes it harder is that it wasn't, like, something that was self-inflicted. It wasn't drug abuse. It wasn't, it wasn't, it, we, like, there wasn't, like, an illness that we knew about. It was just a tragic it, accident. The yep. pilot was flying too low because of the fog conditions, which... And you don't want to pass blame this early. I mean, it's still a fresh wound. Like, we record Monday. We're recording Monday this week. So this happened yesterday as of recording. But, I mean, the L.A. police and the county sheriff, they had their helicopters grounded because the fog was too bad. So I don't know why Kobe's helicopter was flying. If the police were like, it's not, you can't be out there, ground the helicopters, I don't know why this is flying. It's tough. And I mean, just, it's just a tragedy. It's just, I mean, that's, that's all you can really say at this point. It's just brutally sad. It's probably the worst sports news, celebrity news that's impacted people. Maybe I would say since the Michael Jackson death,
1: it's definitely up there. It's 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 going to be a hard couple days. For a lot of sport for a lot of people that loved Kobe and obviously the sports icons that idolized him growing up. But unfortunately, and I hate to sound like the jerk saying this, but life is gonna go on. But we're always gonna have a lasting image. I shouldn't even say a lasting image. We're gonna have lasting images of Kobe Bryant dominating the NBA and just being an absolute beast on the court.
0: It's still like, I mean, again, we record Monday, the day after, and it, it doesn't, like, it still doesn't feel real. I and know. Like Ice it, Cube. Did you see the Ice Cube interview?
1: I did not see the Ice Cube interview.
0: So that was actually the toughest watch. And a lot of these, a lot of, like, his, the teammates and coaches talking, they've been hard to watch. But Ice Cube specifically was, was a tough watch because he said that he got the news somehow. I'll play the interview, actually. I have it queued up. He, he got the news, the news somehow, and he didn't believe it, so he texted Kobe and just waited for a response. Wow. And he, and I, obviously he didn't get a response. Here's, here's the interview. This, is, this was on Get Up this morning. Kobe is, is
2: the, some of the glue that holds L.A. together. And you're doing what I've been doing for the last 24 hours, is to keep talking in the present tense yeah. because it doesn't seem real. When you first found out about this, you said someone texted you. And yeah. then what did you next text on your phone? Who were you reaching out to? Uh, Kobe <laughs> to, you know, see if he would hit me back. And when, it, when it, I didn't get it back, you know, you don't immediately start to worry because, you know, he's Kobe and you know, he, he he always get back, you right. know, sooner or later. So... Um, it was just, it's just true, you know, I, I just feel, I just toss and turn all night thinking about Vanessa and and his daughters, thinking about his mother and his father and his sisters, thinking about his, you know, Vanessa's parents, yeah. just everybody in his immediate life that loved him, um, you know, what they lost, you know, I know know, what we lost as as
0: fans. So that was that was part of Ice Cube's interview. So that wasn't on Get Up. That was actually on the Jump today with Rachel Nichols. But that was probably the toughest one that I've watched. That, that just hearing it for the first time. Usually Ice Cube's a very outspoken
1: and particularly loud individual. Like for him to just speak at that level, you could hear the pain and just the just the utter shock in his voice. Which I never thought I would hear coming from Ice Cube's mouth. I'm not even gonna not even gonna lie about that. So and I'm not gonna lie, I teared up during that too. Wow. And I'm not even trying to fake it. Like that's just that's heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, this this whole situation, like I said, I, I've I have not been affected this much by any death outside of my family really, or right. even like a like a friend. Um ever. And you texted Kobe. me about it.
1: You texted me about it and saying like I still feel the core, like that pit in my stomach, that pit in my core. We were t- we were talking about it yesterday.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and it's R- it just, R-I-P.
1: It, yeah. r.i.p. Kobe, R I P G G, and R I P to the other to other all, people that
0: victims. Yep, yeah. sucks, yeah. but I'm sure. I mean, we're it's, it's going to be a conversation for the next week, so that's it i mean kobe bryant uh, rest in peace gg everybody rest in peace tough toughest news i think in sports sports history at least as long as i've been alive in recent history yeah yep all right so let's move on to a little lighter note and actually you know what real quick sorry to go back to it do you think the nba should have canceled games yesterday
1: I'm honestly torn about I was torn about it because at first I was thinking yes they should cancel it a lot of players were grieving a lot of players were still upset obviously impacted by what had happened but at the same time it's like Kobe would have wanted the games to go on I think anyway so I was really torn about it if I had to pick one side I'd say honestly yeah just cancel them let the players grieve in their own way and then just pick it back up a different day.
0: I was I was okay with them playing because, like you said, like it's like like if you if you ask Kobe, and it's so it's it's so cheesy to say, but like if you if Kobe would have wanted them to play yesterday, yep, he would have. So unbelievable day. Let's move on. Lighter note, but we're gonna talk about Mookie Betts. There's a lot of trade rumors jumping around right now. Got me and Al. Love the Red Sox. Very in tune with what's going on with the Red Sox. Very interesting topic that this is back. But Al, before we keep going, buddy. We got some breaking news, guys! This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your oh my god! I did not even know. I I read this wrong the first time. This is your pubic <laughs> service service announcement. Nice. Nice. Service announcement. After more, this is your pubic service announcement, baby. I read this public <laughs> last week. I really, I don't, I don't know if my brain just just missed it. I mean, After it makes public, sense. Makes sense with the ad. It does be phenomenal, guys. Phenomenal product. Listen, after more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago. Moments ago. Mere moments. And we are the first to confirm the new and improved lawnmower we've been talking about the 2.0 since we've had manscaped on as a sponsor but we have now moved on to the lawnmower 3.0 let me tell you lawnmower 2.0 phenomenal product 3.0 better manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase this third generation manscaped trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to manscaped's advanced skin safe technology Listen, guys, I've been talking about Manscaped for a while now, like I just said, and we love the products here. Me and Jared, we both got them. Phenomenal products. A lot of my friends have got them, too. I have heard no complaints with it. We've got the ball dealer, You've got the trimmer. Incredible, incredible products. And we've all had those accidents before. Stupid young me when I was like 13, 14, I thought you had to use scissors to cut it down. Nick, the ball <laughs> stack didn't feel good. Not going to happen with this. Guys, if you use the Lawnmower 2.0, it's an easy transition because it's the same rep- replacement blades that you had with a new and improved SkinSafe technology. When I tell you this is premium, I mean fucking premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest new features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded a 7,000 RPM motor with Stro trademark technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, which you obviously are, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product. And I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off free shipping with code COUCHGUY, all one word, at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off free shipping with code COUCHGUY at manscaped.com. And as always, guys, your balls, they're going to thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with code COUCHGUY at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off again. Listen, 20% off, free shipping, Manscaped.com. And use promo code COUCHGUY, C-O-U-C-H-G-U-Y, no spaces. Manscaped.com, your balls are going to thank you. Oh, I just got chills. (sighs) That's a a fucking ad read for you. Oh, boy. All right, Mookie Betts, so there were some rumors last week that broke on Thursday per The Athletic's Dennis Lynn. The Padres and the Red Sox are now in conversations again. They, they, they've been having conversations about a potential Mookie Betts deal, and that deal, according to, again, Dennis Lynn of The Athletic, the Red Sox would trade Mookie Betts away. In return, they would receive Will Myers and a gaggle of prospects, a significant amount of prospects. But obviously the Red Sox would have to pay a little I mean, the Padres have to pay a little bit more Will Myers salary, but we'll get to that part right now, because today from the San Diego Union Tribune, money is holding up that deal from happening. San Diego is willing to part ways with two major league players, at least one prospect and Will Myers, but the Red Sox are only willing to take on about half of Myers salary. The Padres only want to pay about a quarter. So they're basically asking the Red Sox to pay three quarters of Will Myers remaining $61 million over the next three seasons. So, with that, Al, let's, let's run it back here. Do, do the Red Sox, should the Red Sox trade Mookie Betts? It's, if it's this deal, if it's – and it's going to be a high prospect in return. And the Padres have, I believe it's the second best farm system in baseball. Yeah, they're top five. Yeah. So, a high prospect, Will Myers, and two major league ready players. And the names that they listed – not great players, very mediocre players. They're young, so they've got room to improve, I guess. But not very good players. Do you take that deal if you're the Boston Red Sox? And if you can keep it at half a million, only half of the contract of Will Myers, especially now that Mookie Betts is the lone remaining trade piece. Now the Star Marte is off the market. Do the Red Sox should the Red Sox make this deal? At this point, yes, because you know what. Honestly,
1: you know that Mookie's going to be walking in free agency if you keep him this year. Anyway, the Red Sox might be okay this year for 2020 with him, but you know what? You know, like I said, you know he's going to be out the door after the 2020 season. You might as well get a haul back for him. You might as well. And with Will Myers, keep in mind, Will Myers is playing a lot of first base, isn't he, for the Padres and stuff? He was playing a lot at first base. I know he's playing outfield, too. Yeah,
0: he's an outfielder. He would would replace uh, Mookie in the outfield.
1: He's going to replace Mookie in the outfield. Or, if you want to look at it from the flip side, if the Red Sox want him to play first base, they could have him fill the first base spot too. Now, um, obviously, Mitch there's...
0: Mitch Moreland's coming back.
1: Well, that's what I was just about to say. It's rumored that Mitch Moreland might sign back with the Red Sox. So, if you can re sign Moreland and have Myers in the outfield, like you said, you get a, a high-level prospect from a very, very talented farm system in the Padres. So, at this point, why not just make the move, get it over with, Stop having Red Sox Nation in distress and panic and figuring, is Mookie going to be here? Is he not? Just trade him away, make it happen, and move on and get yourself in a better position for the upcoming years because Mookie's going one way or the other.
0: So uh, the Dodgers are still in play, too. And I think that's important here because if the Dodgers can match what the Padres are offering the Red Sox, I think you have to go with the Padres, I mean, with the Dodgers deal. Because I think that player in return, because they've got so many outfielders at this point, I think that player in return, low for average, but he's got power numbers. You're thinking Jock Peterson? Peterson? Yep. Jock Peterson. If you can get the same deal but just swap out Will Myers for Jock Peterson and you get a couple high-end prospects in a Dodgers farm system, which I believe is ranked fifth, and Andrew Friedman and Heimblum, they Tampa they're, Bay Rays are connected. Okay. If you can get that same deal from from LA, you might even be able to run up the price in San Diego at that point because I think San Diego does want this deal to get done. But if you can get that deal from LA, you take that deal. But this current deal, the way it's laid out right now, if you're high and blue in the Red Sox, the second that the news broke that Starlin Marte was headed to Arizona, you should have picked up that phone and been like, Hey, AJ, who's the general manager in San Diego, up that price a little bit, pal. I don't want to pay at all for Will Myers. You pay the rest of the deal because I think that they need it. And the general manager for the San Diego Padres, very aggressive. He wants to spend. He, but the problem is he has to convince his team, his, gener, his, his owners, to spend that money. But he's done it before. He's done it with Manny Machado. He's done it with Eric Hosmer. And if you add Mookie Best to that team, they're going to be legitimate contenders. I don't know if they're going to be better than L.A. I think L.A. is again going to win the ALS. But they but can compete for a wild-card spot. They're going to be legitimate contenders, which is crazy. A.J. Preller, who is the GM again, he likes to add the talent. He just has to get the money from the Padres themselves to do it. He has said that he thinks the team will improve from their 70-win season last year with the way the roster is now. But you are, I think that's a leverage game from him. I think that's saying, hey, listen, Red Sox, we don't actually need this guy, so... You want to unload them? we're not going to pay that much. I think it's a leverage game by him because I think he wants Mookie Betts because why wouldn't you? Mookie Betts added to that team makes you a legitimate contender in the National League, a legitimate contender. Their, their, their pitching's okay, but the rest of the roster is pretty good. It's young. That's the thing.
1: It's a young roster with some with some major league-ready talent, like you talked about, Hosmer,
0: Machado. Yeah, Hosmer, Machado, and you add Mookie to that mix, that's a good, good baseball team. So if I'm the Red Sox, if you can get them, I'm not paying three-quarters of Will Myers' salary, especially for a guy who just slumped bad in 2019. I just pulled up his stats. So 2019 batting average, 239, which has dropped 253 the year before, 243 the year before that. He's really only had one good solid year, which was in 2013 with Tampa Bay, at 293. Every other year has not been great. But if you can get if you can get the Padres to 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 pay half of that salary, then you're reset. You're you're getting yourself close to that goal to reset the luxury tax penalties because I I still believe wholeheartedly that that is their number one goal, and I think they want to be be competitive too. And this team. Mookie Betts is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. He's the second-best player in baseball right now. But if you take Will Myers in exchange for Mookie Betts, you're still one of the best teams in the American League. And who knows if he maybe has a bounce-back year. And you get that high prospect. You have to start rebuilding the farm system that Dave Dombrowski destroyed. But destroyed for good reason. You won a World Series. But he ripped apart that farm system by its limbs, by its seams. If you can get a couple high end prospects, if you can get two major league ready players, and you can get Will Myers in a trade for Mookie Betts in half of Will Myers' salary, then do pull it. the trigger. Pull do the trigger. And I don't want to see him go. Like I'm not I'm not one of these guys. I'm not I'm not one of these guys who is just saying this to say this to be a dick. Like you see that on Twitter sometimes. You see people just just dropping hot takes to drop hot takes. We're not it, dropping a hot take here. Listen love Mookie's
1: talent but if he doesn't want to be here let him go like That's like it. you said like it's it's going to be a tough pill to swallow next off season if he just leaves you don't get anything it, yeah you get nothing so get something for him now while you can again
0: love the player but if you don't want to be here then get him out of here and it's become clear that they want to reset the luxury tax penalties and and I know people are pissed about that, but it's in the end, it's their fucking money. So like, if they if they want to do that, I mean, who are we to tell them, guys? No, spend millions of dollars in penalties. They want right, to. It's not like it's like, coming out of our pocket. It's not like it's coming out of our own pockets. Yeah, they they have to. If they want to do it, they want to do it. And, and dumping Mookie's twenty seven million dollars this year is a surefire way to get yourself at least close to that. Now I don't know what happened to the old reports that team whatever team does trade for Mookie is going to have to take on a majority of David Price's contract too. Looks like that's out the window. But regardless, if you dump $27 million, I believe right now with the luxury tax, they're at $236 million um, going into 2020. So what's 236 minus 27? 209. So you're, you're basically there. You're basically at that $208 million. You couldn't add anybody at the trade deadline unless you're trying yeah. to pick fees. And right. you're bound to add another guy, maybe a guy like Mitch Moreland. But trading Mookie Betts, I think, is the best option for this team long term. I don't know if this team could win a World Series this year. I think they're positioned to be contenders. I think they'll be better than they were last year. They better be. They have to be. But if you can trade Mookie Betts right now for the long term of this team, if you want this team to be competitive again next year, I think it's a move that you'll make, that you'll almost have to make. The funny part is you say that the Red Sox are going to be
1: one of the best teams in the American League, and I'm with you. They will be. Besides, really, the Yankees and maybe even the Astros, who can you say is better than the Red Sox right now?
0: That's what I'm saying. Maybe the Rays again. Maybe the Rays. Maybe may be, maybe the Rays. The, the Athletics. Chicago, so, I, the White Sox. They've made some I, moves. I think they're. I think with the White Sox, I think they're two years away. I
1: think yeah, they got some some veteran pieces. They got Keuchel and Carnacion, Grandel. They added some really good pieces. But I don't think they're going to make that jump to being contenders just yet. I think they're one or two years away from truly making that jump in the AL Central. But we'll see.
0: The games have to be played for a reason. I, I, your gut feeling right now. My gut feeling tells me I think the Red Sox are going to trade Mookie Betts by the start of the season. And, and you know what? It just I keep jumping back and forth because like. A week ago, I was like, Mookie Betts is going to be on this roster in 2020. But I'm back now after seeing these reports. And it looks like Bloom and the Red Sox are actively talking to the Padres about this deal. And if they can get the Padres, it looks to me, if they can get the Padres to agree to pay half of Will Myers' remaining $61 million over the next three years, they're going to do it. And that's why Not- I'm at the point now. I think that, I think the Padres want to win. I think the Padres are sick of being losers. I think they'll do it. I think they'll get to the half, and if they get to the half, I think the Red Sox are going to say, all right, do it. I, I think it gets done before pitchers and catchers report. I think within the next
1: week or two, we're going to see Mookie Betts out of Boston. Ooh, which is soon. Very soon. So, I mean, it's not bad enough that, you know, the Patriots lost, you know, Cora got fired. It's not bad enough, but now we're going to see another superstar leave. So, What a week. What a decade. What a start to the new decade.
0: Yeah, twenty January – has been the longest first month of a decade of all time. Uh, <laughs> it's been it's been awful. Th- thank all God right. it's over soon. Let's wrap it up. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number 143. Me, Al Nahegan. We'll be back next week for episode number 144. Once again, thank you to our sponsors at Seated and Manscaped.com. Again, guys, link for Seated down below. Go to Manscaped.com. Use promo code CouchGuy for 20% off and free shipping. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on YouTube. Guys, we got the videos going up now every single week. Subscribe on YouTube. Catch the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And follow us on Twitter, too, at Nick Quag. Your Twitter name? At Big Al2793. A lot of numbers, I know. Couch Cats, podcast? 143 in the books, guys. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching.